This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, hello. Welcome to She Podcasts the podcast i am your co-host jessica kupferman and with you as always as well as me is elsie escobar who's a little giggly today and john buchanan who is still not sure that he's in with the whole new live streaming program you keep saying that luckily he has true. no choice it's not and we're gonna keep moving on that's not true why do you keep saying that? That's a falsehood. That's fake news. There's ladies. hesitation. There's he- it's not fake news. <laughs> it's fake news. <laughs> it's hesitation. It's I I smell hesitation from both of you. I just think we're doing it. They're doing we're doing it wrong. He thinks we're doing it wrong. We're but doing those it wrong. of you who are watching live, if there is such a person, <laughs> you can let us know in the chat. Or send us an email to let us know, like, yes, we're watching, or no, we're not, or yes, you're doing it wrong. If you're trying to watch, like I am, and you see live stream, and it's just a big blank white thing, and to chat, let us know that, too. But he knows that we, we as in everyone else on the planet, can see it. It's just just me. The internet has singled me out, only me, so I can't see the live stream. That makes sense. Yeah. And again, don't I know? I that don't is like weird. the fact. I really, I'm upset about the fact that you think that I don't want to do this. I do. I just said that to get under your hat. Well, it. Worked. I don't think that you're being. Well, it worked. I know. <laughs> and it's just we just keep on testing things out. And it's, how you know, long? It's, a- it's what we do. It's how we. It's how. How we- long have have uh, you and I podcasted together now? And we've done. More than just this podcast together, we've done two other podcasts together. That's correct. Right? Because we did Brilliant Observations together and we did Off in in the Weeds. weeds. Yes. And after those experiences, I can confidently get under your hat without any planning whatsoever. (laughs) That is true. And I know that one of them is to, I know that one of those things is to accuse you of not wanting to go along with new things that are progressive. And the other thing is to accuse you of mansplaining. Right. <laughs> That's also That true. will make you lose your ever-loving mind. So mm-hmm. uh, anyway, you guys write that down in case you ever want to get under John's skin. Those are your tips. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. We have a super interesting episode. For, well, first of all, before we get into that, let's talk about me, shall we? So, yes, let's talk about Jessica Kufferman. Talk about me. So, yes, nope, not yesterday. Saturday was my 16th anniversary, my wedding anniversary. Oh. And and my dad, thank you. My dad came to visit the night before to, like, hang out with us on our anniversary. He brought us brunch the next day, which was super nice. I haven't seen my dad before this weekend since February, and I only saw him for five hours because he came to watch Isaac so I could go to Podfest. That was the last time I saw my dad. He came the night before. He came at like 8 p.m. the night before. I left at like 4 in the morning to go to Orlando and then when I came back, he was gone. So I haven't seen him in a really long time so it was really good to see him. He brought my stepmom. We had brunch the next day and then um, Scott and I were like, what are we going to do for our anniversary dinner? Well, that wasn't really an option because my dad was like, we're going to go to the grocery and then we'll come back. We'll have leftovers from last night and then we'll go. And Scott and I are like, okay. <laughs> so basically my, my parents were there until like eight, which is when Isaac goes to bed. Didn't matter anyway, because he got a fever that day <gasps> and Ooh. spent the entire day sick and sad. What? So Isaac, not my father, Isaac. Still. Is. I know. So our anniversary was kind of a, I mean, honestly, the whole it's really it's like it doesn't it didn't even matter that our anniversary plans were up in smoke because we can't go anywhere. We can't do anything. What is the point? I mean, it was just like 
we can have our anniversary on literally any day and it will be the same experience because there's no weather, there's no time, there's no space, there's just this house and the people in it. That's it. There's no movies, there's no parties, there's no holidays, there's no nothing. There is nothing. What's the difference if we have the anniversary Saturday or Thursday or two years from now? It doesn't even matter anymore. That's my conclusion. Yep. It is pretty like harsh. It's n- harsh. Yep. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm just saying that it is. It's, it's very hard. It's a very hard thing to kind of deal with right now because nothing does ever change. It's, you have to create like the way that we celebrate things are so are based around obviously other humans. They're based around specialness, like going to another place sometimes, right. even just Doing that. something different. Uh, right. Yeah. And they're also based on usually an experience of some kind. Like yes. it could be going A to zoo. Disneyland or it could be right. going. Right. Right. Um, One of my favorite Halloween ex- uh, things is when to take and watch Elsie – Oh, that's Instagram right. story, her trick or treating, and there's people everywhere. It's yeah. th- it's just like a big giant convention of trick or treaters, and that's not going to be this year, is it? No. Actually, people are saying they might still trick or treat because it's an outside activity, and we're already wearing masks. I don't oh, think I'm going to be one of those people, but if I'm not one of those people, I have to come up with a solution because oh. this boy loves to trick or treat, and it's also right around his birthday. Our mutual so friend, I can't be like- Emily, has a great idea yeah. for this. What she's doing is she is hiding candy like it, like at Easter. And oh. That's a great idea. Who's she, hiding it, though? Because there's no Halloween bunny. Well, she, no, you're hiding it. So he gets to go get candy, but he has to go find it. He can't go trick-or-treating because of this, but it's still a fun activity. But yeah. you know, Isaac, he's going to wonder if some magical creature hit it for us. We could, Or if, I mean, because if I'm just hiding candy, then it's just basically hide and seek with his trick-or-treat bowl. Okay, what about the Great Pumpkin, Isaac Kufferman? Yes, now that's something. The Great Pumpkin is perfect. Thank you. Perfect yeah. idea. Well, we have, I, I don't like know, it. I guess we have two houses I could have them go to the other house and then come back here and go back and come back and go to the other house, like back and forth, you know, just, I don't know. Don't and every time they come in, there's like new door. stuff. Why don't you just get a big box and paint a door on it and then just line a bunch of boxes up and they can just knock on the door and you can just hide. You and Randy can just move down the line. <laughs> or, no, here's what you do. You come up the steps, you knock on the door, you go trick or treat, you give them something. Then they leave, they walk down, they turn around, they come back up, knock on the same door. You give them something else. Like you give them a Reese's cup. It's not a bad idea. Then a Snickers bar, then something. Yeah. Else. I thought about that. I yeah. mean, I don't know what's going to happen. So, but I don't, I, I, I don't mean, I, don't, I, don't, I doubt we're going to do the thing we've, we've been doing, John, but we'll come up with some kind know. of solution. You never know. It's six weeks from now. There could be a miracle. The cases could go crazy way down. No. It's also that is a week before election time. So you don't know what we're going to be fed by then. That's true. Oh, yeah. It's four days before the election. They could just cancel the whole virus and tell us it's gone for the sake of election day. Hey, you know all that stuff we said about the virus? It's bullshit. Go ahead. Oops. (laughs) Oops, it's back. Um, I got my absentee ballot, though. I was very excited. Good. It's mm-hmm. here in my house. You know, it was a little it was a little scary because it's like they keep on telling you. They're like, you have to do it. You have to do it. And then there's like all of these things that come on to the to my house. So I filled it out and I got it right. But it took forever. And then it, I kept getting you need to fill this out. You need to fill this out. And I'm like, I did fill it out and I sent it out. And so but North I, Carolina is where they asked where Donald Trump asked everyone to try and vote twice. So it's possible that they're also now trying to confuse you. Right. I don't know. All I know is that only now, your oh, it's, state. In fact, I have it right here. Only your state is allowed to vote twice, apparently. So take advantage of it. I don't think that that's and try true. to vote it's twice again. All kinds of confusion. Because. Right. But anyway, it is. I receipts. It's right here. Um, also, if either of you vote for the Green Party, please don't tell me. 
I cannot handle knowing this time if someone didn't. Let's just not talk. Let's just not talk. Let's about just not talk about. It. It's gonna make don't people tell upset me. I don't want to know what it is. Don't want to know. Okay. I mean, I know, honestly. but to me, that's the Green Party is just another way of fucking up for the rest of us who actually have to vote for someone who's gonna win. Next, okay, so, so. Yeah, yeah, so it was my anniversary, 16 years. He is the thing that I have had the longest. Well, that's not true because Emily and Nate are older than that, but not by much. Right. It's definitely the longest relationship I've ever had. And it's by far the longest I've been able to tolerate someone's company. Oh. Like just in my life. You know, oh. like we've never like we still enjoy each other's company, want to tell each other stuff. Like I just walked out to pee and he goes, oh, good. You're done. <laughs> and I was like, no, dude, I've not started. <laughs> He goes, oh, okay. That's so cute. <laughs> it's like, pretty cute. Yes. It's good to be married to someone for that long where he's just like, I'll miss you while you're recording. Aww. <laughs> so ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, it's ridiculous. Needy baby, greedy baby. Okay. So yeah, let's get into some shiz. Yeah. Before we get started, we're going to uh, chat really quickly about our first sponsor of this episode, which is... Jolika Lentigua Williams and podcasting seriously. And I just want to, I'm going to keep it short this time, but this is all you have to do, people. You need to go to the link in the show notes. When you click that link in the show notes, there is essentially like a header at the top. There's like a paragraph at the top and then you scroll down and there are three separate webinars that you can sign up for. This is the fall series that they have going on right now. But the one that you need to sign up for like today when you listen to this it is called Alternative Ways to Measure Your Podcast Success That Aren't Downloads. And it's on Saturday. So by the grace of God, we will have this show out on Friday. So you're going to be listening to it and you're going to have to sign up and it's going to be right there. It's going to be, yes, on a Saturday, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And she is going to go into why podcast download numbers uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of people that don't even want to talk about download numbers. They're like top secret classified information because nobody wants to divulge their own numbers, either from like the smallest little podcast to the most gigantic. Well, I lie. The gigantic podcasts are constantly saying how many download numbers they have. Um, and anyway, so she's going to really talk about other ways of measurement, which is one of the biggest conversations that I have with my people. So please go into the show notes to sign up for this um, or and maybe the rest of them because there's three webinars that you can sign up for for the fall series. Please do it. Please do it. Now. Do it. Do it. And now let's move do into it. some news. The news you can use. For the informed podcaster, podcasting news. What do you say, Jess? Look at this. Isn't this the most delightful news to start off our conversation? Not totally sure why we chose this one, but I'm going to go ahead and do yeah. it if that's okay with you. <laughs> well, um, I actually chose it i saw it this morning it's uh and it, there was there it was actually podcasting related and i think that it really speaks into a different conversation that i find to be popping up a lot it, we talked a little bit about this in the last episode um and we're gonna be kind of a a talk having that little bit of this conversation from this perspective so the headline that i saw on TechCrunch is graphic video of suicide spreads from Facebook to TikTok to YouTube as platforms fail moderation test. And obviously, this is a really bad thing, um, obviously. But I again, I'm not really going to be talking about or, or brought this article here to talk about how horrible all of that stuff is because it was absolutely horrible. But for me, it really, number one, this is why it's podcasting related. I guess the the man who unfortunately took his life was a podcaster. Um, oh, good. Yeah. So yeah, I know. And so in, in anyway, so he was quoted in there. I don't know what their show was. I didn't really go down that rabbit hole. But some a couple of things that I really that really brought my attention to this is the fact that there was a quote. I put the quotes inside of our notion, but this is a little bit of a quote of one of the sentences in the article. It says. Quote, exposing countless people by an act of algorithmic irresponsibility. 
end quote. Yes. And I think that that is a thing. Algorithmic irresponsibility because... I totally agree. Yeah, because there's something to be said about the way that all of these plate and I'm and I'm actually going to take it even beyond social media and I'm going to take it to places like Apple Podcasts and because um there are some algorithms or Spotify that are set up right that they are machine learning possibly there may or may not be human beings involved but they tend to skew it to deliver some results that may or may not necessarily be the best results for whatever is happening at the moment. In this conversation that we're talking about in TechCrunch, obviously this is a human issue and it is something that has to do with just horrible things and social media being used for really evil things or dark things or things that have a really horrible impact on society. But when it comes to the algorithms, like let's say with podcasting, sometimes the algorithms do a disservice in not being able to so, to give people the results that are optimized for them, like real basic things like searching for the title of an episode, not even an episode, searching for the title of a podcast and not getting the results for the title of that podcast, which is often the case. In fact, I challenge you uh, people to search for She Podcasts and see what comes up, particularly in Spotify. And you will see all kinds of other results that involve she, that involve podcasts, podcasts, that involve titles of episodes that have both those words in there, not together, just in the title. And it's like, listen, if I'm looking for she podcasts, I would like to at least get the results of the podcast podcasts that have those two words in the title of the podcast. <laughs> right. Right. You know? So anyway, so I think that there's a there's a point there that there are some algorithms in there that are skewing the results based on maybe not the best. I don't know. Anyway, that's where I was coming from okay. with this because I think it's not necessarily the best. Also, this quote from the article too, quote, the focus from the platforms is on invisible suppression of the content and retention of users and activity. If stringent measures reduce those all-important metrics, they won't be taken as we've seen on other social media platforms, end quote. So what has happened lately with the, and I'm switching gears here, with the She Podcast Facebook group, we kind of all grew that group together first by knowing each other, by inviting our friends into the group, by introducing them to the group, by having somebody who knew us invite somebody in the group. But there came a point there, which could be seen as maybe good or bad, I'm not sure, that now Facebook just tells everybody, hey, this group looks like it's something that you might like. <laughs> and it keeps growing yeah. and growing and growing and growing and growing. And the type of person that's joining a group, not to say that there's anything wrong with those people that are joining our group, are a little bit way, way, way far removed from podcasting in general, I think. Maybe the podcasting industry or maybe they don't know us or there's no filter. And so we have to start. It's just so much harder, Jess. I don't know how you feel about that, but I feel that it's getting out of control. That group is growing like crazy. And it's doing it because Facebook is growing it. Yeah, I mean, I do sort of feel like a fraud when people ask, how did you grow your group? And I mean, after a while, we just didn't. But I think that, I mean, I don't know if I agree that the caliber of people is different or too far off because I know, I mean, I'm guessing that the algorithm is smart enough to see the type of women that are in there and right. just... I'm not saying caliber as in like not good people. All I'm saying is... No, I is, know. I know right. what you mean. But, you know, I also know that part of the reason we're building this membership and that we chose not to have it be a Facebook group is because... We don't agree with the way that Facebook is infiltrating our lives. And so in order to provide a truly safe space, which is what we intend to do, then we can't have it on that platform. That right. there's just aspects to having it on that platform that just 
don't go along with what we consider to be safe. And the longer that we are on that platform, the more I think that comes into, I mean, it certainly comes into play in an election year. It certainly comes into play with riling, you know, yourself or other people up. Like I know that I've fixed my feed to the point where I don't see a lot of people who have opposite views than me, but that's all Scott sees. All he sees are people that don't have the same views as him. And this could be because he's commented on one or two trying to educate people. And now all he sees are people that need educating. And it's it's irritating and it's on purpose. It's on purpose to keep you engaged in the platform. You know, you don't want a, a situation where you're spending a lot of time in your life within a platform that's irritating you on purpose. I mean, you don't do that with your friends. You don't go looking for people that annoy you and then hang out with them. Right. So to me, this is sort of the same thing. I think it's important that we minimize how much we're on there. And like, I know that I, in the past, I've made fun of you for minimizing it, but that's just because it's funny. And the, <laughs> the truth is like, I don't see my messages on there. I don't go in there a lot. I only look at my notifications, respond and get out. I don't piddle with the feed. I don't see what other people are doing. And that's by design, mostly because I don't care, but also because I don't want to waste my life being triggered. It's just I'm, I have other things to focus on. Also, Harry Duran sent an email this weekend about a new documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. And I saw I just saw a trailer for it, but it looks really interesting. It's about it's it's all about this what they've proven, you know, it's doing to our relationships, to our brain, to our lives. And he was, he seemed very eye-opened about it. So I recommend people mm-hmm. want, if they want to learn more about it, to see the social dilemma, which I've not seen yet, but I'm sure it's lovely. Anyway, this whole thing about suicide and being able to see a suicide on three platforms, just, it just means to me that not only is it not being monitored enough, but that people on those platforms are not, they don't have enough personal boundary, that our young people don't have enough personal boundary. And I, you know, to add to that, to the mix of that too, is the other layer, which makes it even worse. So there's the, I want to see it. And anyway, like people are just being horrible and putting it out there, right? And, And they figure out how to get away from those algorithms because there, I guess there were a couple of ways on YouTube where they had like something else at the beginning of the video and then towards the end was the this part so that it kind of got through a lot of different filters. So people are smart enough to be doing stuff like that, which is completely horrible. But the other aspect is that some people are doing this to make money off of it. So they are putting these videos up there so that they get monetized by the ads that are at the beginning of the video, in the middle of the video. And even the people who are advertising don't know that their ad is in front of this horrible video. That's like a whole other thing. There's this whole other thing of children's videos that are desensitizing them to like going with strangers or eating other people's things like you don't realize it because the beginning of the video is about making friends and then it goes launches into like maybe a second song where you can go with Johnny's dad he can take you home like just whatever it's just like if if you don't pay attention it it gets lost on you also um not that I don't I don't really know how I feel about this because I don't mean to sound prejudiced but Oftentimes, I remember him starting a video that was in English and five minutes go by and all of a sudden he's being sung to in Russian or Arabic and I don't understand what he's watching anymore. And the video hasn't switched. He knew what it was when it started, but they have I mean, but there's just other languages involved in the video itself. And it's like, you know, babies pick up languages like that. So it was scary. It's scary. I mean, those I don't think those platforms especially YouTube, like, and even TikTok, they, there's just so much there that they can't monitor at all. Right. And I think that the, the hard part with a lot of that stuff is exactly what I was talking about before, which the algorithms are really laid out so that you continue to be in the platform. There is very little times when I'm on Facebook where I can do the task. I mean, even with as many separate things that I have laid out, me going into Facebook and making sure that I'm not sucked in, 
I still get sucked in. And I think part of yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. it's just, it triggers, some, it, it's very well designed. All of these things are very well designed to trigger a behavior from a person. And we kind of give it an emergency feel to a lot of what these notifications are doing or the tags are doing or whatever that thing is, we haven't established the proper boundary ourselves and it's hard to keep it there. So every time I go into Facebook to, let's say, respond to a specific comment, like let's say on the Libsyn page because this person has a problem, I end up seeing a notification that comes through from somebody else that has nothing to do with that one behavior and then I get caught up and I end up answering somebody else's question, which isn't of the same important, like importance level as in like, I need to get this done first. And then I leave and then I go, oh, I didn't answer that one guy's question. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> it's a waste of time, right? And I was just talking, I was, I'm going to be a, a guest in, uh, or there's going to be an episode of podcast you listen to that I was just on. And we had a conversation uh, about inboxes, you know, and how many people have access to us now. There's so many different inboxes that are coming into us. And we oftentimes don't have, we don't have a choice in that. It's like people just blink. They just come in and blink. we, we don't know blink. We don't even know what is important anymore, you know, um, in terms of the way that we respond to stuff. And I don't like that. I, I don't like that my life feels like it's being sucked out by all of these d little inboxes. It used to, I, I mean, it used to not be so complicated, right? I mean, I don't know. You had phone calls. And then you got mail, like snail mail. Yeah. Right? I mean, yes. how else would you communicate with people? You know, I'm of an yeah. age that when Newspaper? someone called the house and you didn't get to the phone, you didn't know who called. Right. It drove you crazy. So the phone would go off and you would run, dash, as fast as you could to get to it before they would hang up. Because if they hung up, they would, well, I wonder who called. No one knew. Now... You know who's calling you. As soon as the phone rings, you go look at it and you, you make a decision. Am I mm -hmm. going to talk to that person right now or am I not? Today, I took Facebook Messenger off of my phone because nobody contacts me on there that I want to hear from. That's how I feel about LinkedIn. I don't know what to do about LinkedIn for this exact reason. All it is is mm. a giant stream of spam. That's it. I right. never get a message from someone that I want to talk to, nor have I ever. You know, I actually have. Uh, so I have a different Get uh, of experience of, of Libsyn, but of uh, Libsyn, excuse me, LinkedIn. <laughs> One track mind. One track mind. LinkedIn, because it, it's just a different type of inbox. That said, though, I'm not saying I am. You are not wrong about getting spammed, right? You are not wrong. It's just that I I'm often pick who I... Uh, allow like allowed to connect with I'm not sure what you call that in connections or whatever and then um, I do occasionally I don't go there often but I do occasionally go in there and I see that it's actually a really nice space to be if you're engaged in it but who has time man I don't have time to do that and and there's times when I do want to be more active there or I do want to have like have different types of conversation it's a completely other list of people that that I, I don't ever see. And I think that that's where it's really great. When you go into Facebook, you see the same people. When you go into Twitter, you see the same people. When you go into LinkedIn, you see the same people in those platforms. And everybody has a different um, audience. So that's why I switch around a little bit. But given that, though, it's still, it's, an in, it's yet another inbox. And yeah, I don't want to have that. I don't want to have constant inboxes and also have the expectation that you're going to respond there. And if you don't respond there, it's your fault, right? It's like you made a, you, you're the one that dropped the ball or, cause I feel there's, there's an element of, of like, especially with the Facebook group, there are certain admin questions that we get sometimes. And I don't know how to make it clear with people, right? Other than it's in our, when you come into the group, if you have any questions, email info at shepodcast.com. That's what we have in as many different places as I can to describe things. But no one reads these things. <laughs> 
I don't know if you've noticed that, but nobody reads like the group rules. Or actually, no. you know what? Oh, I'm noticed. not going to say that. The people I've who noticed. read those things don't need to like they're they're they follow directions. The people that don't are the ones that are reaching out to you and having problems and doing weird stuff. It's like, dude, you just need to follow these things. It tells you right here what you're supposed to do or not do here. It's like terms and services. No one reads terms and services. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I mean, what are your expectations for engaging with whoever's having a problem, right? Like, I know how to deal with companies first, as in, like, let's go find their support team. And a lot of people don't do that. But the only reason I do that is because I often do a lot of support. And I know that there's a process, and I know where you need to go. So, There's a lot of times people ask me a question, and they say, how do you do this? And I go right to Google, and I go, how do you do this? And there it is. (laughs) I'm a genius. I don't know. You know... I I wonder about that. Like, do people do that? Do people actually search in Google for things? Sure. Because it seems like they're using Facebook as a place to search. Well, I mean, I wouldn't use Facebook. If anybody says to me, what do you think of this microphone? The first thing I do is I go over and I look up the microphone. Or Right? I mean, wouldn't that be the thing? Two weeks ago, I spent all kinds of time. How do you live stream with Vimeo? How do you get three people in with Vimeo? How right. do you do this with Vimeo? <laughs> how do you get your co-hosts? Boy. How do you get your co-hosts to stop saying that you don't like Vimeo? Things like that. So Patrick tried to access it. Speaking of that, and he left a question that said he couldn't. See, he's seeing what you're seeing, John. He can't see the thing at all oh my gosh how about that i think what this is it's she podcast and he's can't see it now no oh my gosh come on come on y'all that's ridiculous that is absolutely ridiculous i think it's because elsie and i are logged in that's the only thing i can logged in i have my little thing right here oh right then what the frig we're doing it wrong it's so weird we'll figure it out yeah we must be we must be maybe it's not street maybe it's got the I what? said, we're going to go to Google. How do you? How do no, you? Oh, yeah. We'll figure it out next about time. We just, didn't, conversation. we just didn't test it long enough, I guess. Oh we will have to get back in here again, Jess and I, and we'll have to figure, we'll have to kick it around and make a couple. I mean, yeah. We're just going to have to. And then we're going to have to write down our yeah. steps and, and do it until we get it right. I mean, yeah, we did it last time. I don't know. We did it. We did time. it twice, didn't we? I think because it's twice. a recurring event. We have to do each event separate and then have a different destination every time that's what i think hmm. all right anyway it's kind of annoying we'll but maybe it, it is annoying but we'll figure it out later okay on to the next thing but the next thing is um that has to do with parcast i had it on last week's uh, episode but so parcast has unionized so it parcast is a spotify owned podcast company which is the third one of their podcast companies that is also unionizing. So the Writers Guild of America announced an overwhelming majority of writers, researchers, fact checkers, hosts, and producers at ParCast have signed cards to unionize under its banner. This was the funny part that, I I mean, I, I thought it was funny. And I was like, welcome to the club. In this article that was saying that they unionized, because check this out, quote, in a why we're organizing letter sent to management... The Parcast Union Organizing Committee explained their decision to unionize. The workers said they hope through collective bargaining they will be able to address workload and overtime issues with a reasonable workload for workers that leaves time for playfulness and innovation. End quote. What? That's just the life of a podcaster, is it not? I mean, am I wrong? It is. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I want to have, I want to unionize and have time for playfulness and innovation. My life has none of that. Well, again, there's that t-shirt that says, (laughs) I'm an entrepreneur. I work 80 hours a week, so I don't have to work 40. Right. So there's that. But again, if you're working for another company, and I just heard uh, through another podcast where there's a lot of journalists that are working for these internet 
companies, and they ha- they have to write three articles a day, three articles a day. <gasps> mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe that's what they're trying to address. And the same thing with podcasting. There's only so many podcasts that you can edit in a day. There's only so many that you right. could do. I used to say, you know who says that it's possible to do things? People that don't have to do them. So in other words, it's never impossible to do the task if the person that's telling you to do the task doesn't have to do the task. Right. That kind of makes that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Because it's like, usually people are like, why don't you do more of this? Why don't you write more of that? Why don't you just do your podcast? The other, po- you know, my Sobre podcasting podcast that is now like yes. been pod faded forever. It's a lot of work. I don't have yeah. another 10 hours a week to put into that. The yeah. best part of podcasting is what we're doing right now. As soon as we hit, we stop recording. Stop. That's yeah. when the fun ends and the work begins. That's right. It's true. It's true. All the shitty part happens after this. All right. Let's just go through a real quick thing. So as soon as we stop, we hit record. You guys have to send your audio to me. I have to line yeah. it up. Then I have to trim the ends off the roast. And then I have to take that and I have to send it to your show notes yep. writing people. Right. All right. Yep. And then they do that. Then I have to edit the show. And then I have to get the show to you. Then I'm done. I can you know, right. wipe my hands. And then you guys have to get the show notes and the image and all that other stuff. and get Make the, an mean, email. Yeah, the emails. The social. All, yeah, all that. Listen, if this wasn't so much fun, we would never <laughs> podcast. Are we having fun, though? You forgot the pre-stuff because it's also the show notes, right? So I'm getting the show notes ready before. And I think, and so here's the thing. It's still hard for us. And there's a lot of people working on this show. I mean, now thinking about it, I don't think I could really, it would literally be the only extra thing that I would be doing. If I was just putting out She Podcast every week, like if it was just Jess and I, and, and I was taking up like a lot of the things that we used to do, like just Jess and I together, we did it all, all the things. I think this is probably the only thing we would be able to get done that week. And then we would have to start doing the next week. So it's it's this ongoing thing. It's just never ending. So people don't get that. So Emily Prokop and I do a podcast called Hate to Wait. And it's just us talking about our trials and tribulations with weight loss and stuff like that. We record it. She does the show notes. I do the editing. We're five podcasts behind now. I don't have enough time to work oh my on my God, own podcast. You're kidding. No, I don't have enough time to work on my own podcasts. So right. why don't you just put it up? You're both podcasters. How bad could it be? It's not good. It's mostly me. I stutter a lot. You it's you can like- stutter in public. No one will judge you. Not to your face. I judge me. I am my oh worst my critic. God. But I'm just saying, oh my God. just like that. I mean, it's just one of the things. One of the reasons I got into podcast editing it was because so it could, you know, pay for my podcasting habit. Right. No, it's true. It's <laughs> it's yeah. not though, because you're still doing all the work yourself. Pay yeah. for your habit means yeah. I could now. You re- <laughs> maybe I should buy. Right? Maybe I should get an editor to edit my show. <laughs> well, that's what like even some of my people. It's interesting. A lot. Some of the folks that I mentor, that's what they do. It's like, it's hilarious. It's like all of a sudden, it's like they're the podcast editors, but they also need to get an editor for their podcast because they can't do it anymore. And it's like, um, I, I completely understand it. There's so many ideas. Jess, I know you and I never are without an idea. Like, it's just, it's easy. It's like, bing, new idea. And yep. I have so many ideas for so many different shows. And it's like having babies where it's like, oh, my God, look at how cute that little baby is. And then I'm like, oh, I remember that. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't I don't know. No. And but but I keep having like, oh, if we just did if we just did this and it is time consuming as I'll get out. Oh, I guess it makes me happy to in some way to see that it's a lot of work in that there are people going, this is a lot and it's never ending and it can just continue to grow. And let's have a union to make sure that everybody has enough space and time to have a life. And I think that when it comes to being an entrepreneur and like doing things your way, that's where we lack a little bit. Like I wish there was a structure of these are the hours you go into work. And this is when nobody, this is when nobody talks to you after this time 
You have all this time. Like, I'm just like, I wish I had that. I wish I was like, I was a teacher and then I taught and then I had summers off. I, is it as cool as it sounds? Yes. Um, Patrick Keller, you're going to have to come into this conversation at some point. But, or is it not? I mean, how cool would that be though, Jess? It would be really cool. Yeah, you get I mean, every holiday off when it snows. Not that it would snow in Cal- in North Carolina, but if it snows, you get a day off. I mean, you might have to make it up, but yeah, you work. I think it's 180 days or a day off. Yeah, maybe two, maybe 200 days out of the year you work, and then you have you have vacation. What? Yeah, Who? the school year is 180 days. Teachers, teachers. Well, I mean, they also have oh, to plan. Yeah. So I think that there's planning time, right? Meaning, like, you go into class and you do, I mean, I'm assuming that there's... They have to pay for a lot of stuff themselves, too. That's true. Right, but I I mean, all I'm saying, like, let's say, all right, so paying, whatever. That Yeah, that sucks. But in terms of time, like, you have to focus on these things, and then you plan, and then it's over, I think. Yes. And not only that, but you only have to do it one time, because depending on if you're going to change, if you're teaching the same grade... Right. Then it's just a re- repeat of what you did last year. How much planning could there be? There's decorating the room, and then there's, you know, the work. worksheets. The thing with unions are, what you're doing is you're taking the workers and the management, and you're making up a set of rules that everybody has to follow. And that is the strong part of the union. The problem is then there's always the skirmishes of – well, you just did this. You did it wrong, and now I have to pay you to do it again. You should have to do it on your own time. And that's where the skirmishes all come up. And then you have to have somebody that did mediate that. It's not a bad oh, idea. I see what you're talking about. So it's sort of like there's a rule. Okay, so let's say John. Oh, my gosh. We, we cannot have a union for She Podcast because of the way that we work and what he has to do to clean us up. So it would be like – we start our show. John has committed to do an episode of She Podcast. The episode is going to be 60 minutes long, the end. That's that's what you're editing. But then one time it goes to 90 minutes and we drop out three or four separate times and then it becomes instead of maybe three hours of editing, it becomes eight hours of editing for that one show for whatever reason. Right. Then who's in – yeah, who's, who's going to pay? Like who's the one that's going to – yeah, he's like, I'm done. I did it. I did it for an yeah. hour and a half. Right. There's in editing, there's a half an hour rate. And at 36 minutes, there's a 45 minute editing rate. And then, you know, yeah. at an hour and 10 minutes, there's another rate. And people are like, well, I was just over a minute. There's got to be a point where you say, hey, listen, I'm sorry you were over a minute. There's a lot of times you work right up to that minute. Right. But yeah. there's got to be a point where it goes to the next level. And yeah. And as and then as an editor, you're like, well, okay, you don't do it much. Okay, I'll do it this time. So then once you do it the one time, you've set a precedent. And then mm-hmm. it then the next time, oh, we're only over two, oh, I was only over two minutes. And the next thing you know, you're doing a forty five minute episode for the price of a thirty minute episode. And you've yep. done you've done it to yourself. You've shot yourself in the foot. So I think that's why they're trying to do this. It's gonna be interesting to watch this because if the the company doesn't make money, the company's gonna go away. The interesting part that we've talked about in the past is that it's through the Writers Guild because not all of those jobs include oh, yeah. writing. That is very interesting. I didn't, I didn't even notice that part. Duh. We're like talking editing and it's like the Writers well, Guild. I think you and I have talked about this a long time ago that someone else had unionized using the Writers Guild of America. That's right. But it says it has an overwhelming majority of writers, researchers, fact checkers, hosts, and producers. But hosts hmm. maybe but producers we don't know who is actually writing the show and is that part i mean i'd like to know if television writers ha- have a do they have a union because if so then these well, guys there's need- producers guild of america as well oh and then the other things that unions do is they identify tasks that only someone with that title can do so like elsie is talent okay and jess right, is right. technical and John is editing. I couldn't be on the mic right now because I'm an editor. You can't be on the mic. You're an editor. You're not a talent. And then, Elsie, you it's wouldn't be able to tricky. edit. Or you wouldn't be able to fix your own computer. You would have to have Jess fix your computer, even though you know how to do it. Because right. you're taking work away from Jess. Because that's right. Because mm-hmm. then that's a, that's a task. That's where the, where the whole thing with them um, when we went into hotels, right, Jess? 
we can't get that lunch delivered to our <laughs> to our thing because <laughs> it goes yeah. against the rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. All. Yeah. That's true. Unions can be a real pain in the ass when it comes to planning events. I'll tell you what. I don't think they're bad, but yeah, I was in the elevator business for twenty five years. And you'd be in the machine room, and if you had to take and put a machine down and the I-beams, you couldn't weld them. You'd have to bring an iron worker in from another company, oh and he would have to weld them. Yeah. Well, you know, though, I mean, I can understand why those things need to happen. First of all, just quality control as a whole would be a lot easier to know that if the carpet, something happened to the carpet, the carpet people can guide you to at least what happened to the carpet or the lighting or whatever. And the other aspect would be that that one person that does it all, and I and I have seen this because in some degree, a lot of podcasters are Swiss Army knives in so many yeah. different ways, particularly okay. in podcasting. We all have so many skill sets, I think, beyond the regular online creator types. We have a lot more skill sets that we've had to use because the industry is also just kind of n- new-ish. Right. In con- I mean, in comparison to the larger industries. So we've had to create it. So we have all the skill set. And so everybody just thinks that you know how to do all the things. And then you go, I know how to do all the things. And you do all the things. And then you end up overworked. I remember one time, and it made so much sense to me, a guy I was working with says, you know, if you do all the work, they will let you. <laughs> That's very true. Right? That, oh, my God. They're not yeah, going to stop you right. from working like a maniac. They will let you. And again, just think about OG podcasters that started, you know, I'm going to go back as far as 2010 until 2015. Podcasting has become so much easier with different apps and yeah. different applications and stuff like that. Back in the day, you know, we had to learn a whole different way and we had to do all the things. They weren't done for us. Look at what we're, where we're doing right now. We're on StreamYard. This we would have never been able to do this in 2012. There wasn't anything like this. We'd be on Skype. Well, there there was, but not quite to this level, for sure. Because I, I mean, at that time, I have to say, one of my and I have receipts. <laughs> I used to stream via UStream, and I used to use I used to have a UStream channel where I would stream me teaching yoga in my apartment in that's cute L.A. When I was in L.A., I was way before my time. I forgot um, about Ustream. But I used to do that. I used to have Ustream conversations. I used to follow Ustream people. So I was streaming way, way, way back. But um, but not in this way. Not in this capacity. Not not in the way that we're doing it like this. In the ease of use. And and also, the I think that the thing that has changed has been the behavior of the end user as well. Because I could tell everybody, hey, come watch me on Ustream. And it's like, if one person knew what I was talking about, I was lucky. Right? But now most people know if it's going to be live. Like it's just part of our culture to watch live when before it was not. I was just going to say we've been trained through social media. They've trained us how to always go there. We've been trained. We've been trained. And on that note, the uh, our second sponsor of the episode, Jessica Kufferman, would you like to lead into the amazing Dr. Ginger Campbell? Because her book, I think, would really speak into how we've been trained (laughs) on social media. Yes. So our, one of our sponsors for the episode today is our good friend, Dr. Ginger Campbell, who is the host of and creator of the brain science podcast, a 10 plus year podcast that discusses all things neuroscience. And she has written a really interesting book called, are you sure the unconscious origins of certainty, which explores the evidence that the feeling of certainty is generated by unconscious processes in the brain. Now, why is this relevant? Why do you guys care? Well, first of all, she would love to be on some of your podcasts talking about this whole concept of certainty and what makes us feel certain and what makes us feel uncertain. And it's interesting now, especially because of all the things that are going on politically. So before I get into the spiel, you can contact her at brainsciencepodcast at gmail.com. But here's the thing. She will be able to talk on a bunch of different kinds of podcasts, mental health or educational podcasts, confidence, all kinds of things about how memory works, why that matters, why the idea of purely rational thought is a myth, why we feel certain even when we're wrong. 
connection between cognitive dissonance and feeling absurd. For those of you who don't know what cognitive dissonance is, it's when your brain is not agreeing with itself. I think it's a good way of describing it. Why you can't change someone's mind with facts alone. The practical implications of these discoveries and any show that talks about the scientific method, psychology, health and wellness, personal empowerment. Um, she also has a very interesting personal story that she would be happy to share about recent events that have happened in her life. So please give her a chat and her email, brainsciencepodcast at gmail.com. She is a fascinating guest and a fascinating lady. We love Dr. Ginger Campbell. Yay. And on that note, why not we go into a scarier theme? Here's some um, weird and wild show of the week. Weird and wild. Weird and wild. Weird and wild show of the week. Oh, man. So I just found this and I am, of course, I'm riveted by it. There's only one episode out, but. <laughs> Such a terrible crisis. topic. Crisis, clergy abuse in the Catholic Church. And, you know. It's from a Catholic publication. So that's why I'm interested in it. So it's right. it's not like somebody else coming in to do the reporting. It's the inside scoop. And I'm already quite riveted by it. It's very well done as well, too. It's a 10-episode series. So I'm subscribed. I'm just letting you all know. I'm subscribed. Elsie, you get me going down these rabbit holes and all these podcasts. I know. Sorry, John. <laughs> I know. Well, I just found it. I'm like looking at my stuff. I'm like, oh, this looks. In- oh, oh. And because I went to oh see what the, whose point of view it was. And so I thought, oh, that's an interesting. It's it's the Catholic Church reporting on itself. And it is very well done. Let's put it that way. Very well done. Stories are being told in a very interesting way. There's lots of receipts. People are not shying away from conversations, at least in the episode number one. So I was like, okay. I'm into noticing or seeing what what the scope of this 10-episode series does, right? Because it's a, obviously you know that it's going somewhere. So I'm interested to see what else develops with this. So I thought, okay, well, there you have it. And then I'm just going to share – this is actually a tool tip, but it's not a tool tip as a hardware and software. But um, when you see it in there, Jessica, I found the perfect – footing for my or footwear for the rest of winter time for myself for fall because I I like that and I was wearing fuzzy things and I think that this is the perfect footwear for a podcaster at home it's a little early for like a holiday list but Mm -hmm. I think that anybody that is like me who tends to be slightly on the warm, um, excuse me, slightly on the cold side, who really has cold feet and doesn't really do slip. I don't like slippers. Like slippers are annoying. They, they flip, flip, flip. I don't like the way that they feel. I don't like walking around them and they fall off and all this stuff. So I found these. These are called, they're Acorn, the brand Acorn, and they're a slouch boot. And it's sort of like a mixture between a slipper and a boot. And it's got a, also the sole is just enough above a regular slipper. So it's got like, you can actually wear them outside, but they're not like a total sole, right? So it's got like a little rubbery thing on the bottom, but, but it's, it's not wet, like you're fucked. Like the mock gloves. Correct? If it's wet though, you're fucked, right? No. Well, if it's raining, I've never really gone out there. It actually, if you look at the because I I did, of course I did research on these. I'm like, should I buy these? Should I not? One of the pictures that they have of there's a woman like coming out of her car and changing into these slippers as she's coming out of her car. After going going snow skiing, so I'm like, does that mean that you can just put these on and like get out of your car and come home and just wear yeah. the slippers, or is this something you? I don't know. You could waterproof them. I mean, you know, they have that spray waterproofing that you could use. I have gone outside with these in my front yard, and maybe you know the front part has been slightly wet, but not like. I haven't been like out in the rain in these, but I actually did walk all the way when Randy uh, for what was it? It was a September. 
It was a September moon. We actually walked all the way to see the moon because it was so this beautiful, not September moon, because it hasn't even happened yet. September, July, was it July? Anyway, it was one of those lovely moons at night. And we walked all the way out and I wore these through our gravel and all the stuff. So I'm very impressed. They're very fuzzy, very light, very supportive, and they feel like you're wearing socks. And um, I love them. So link in the show notes, random tooltip from Elsie on how to keep your feet warm for the Northern <laughs> Hemisphere when you're podcasting. <laughs> on that note, this is so weird because when my stepmother was here, I was telling her how because I never go anywhere anymore. My feet hurt all the time. I have very high arches in my feet and it causes something called plantar fasciitis, which is like because your feet are arched, your heels start to hurt. Like when I wake up, because my feet are sort of flopped forward while I'm sleeping, um, the heels hurt and they hurt all the time and they hurt so much more than they used to because I wear shoes for like five minutes a day. So... She was telling me about these shoes called Halflinger, H-A-F-Linger, like singer. Um, oh. and, and, uh, they're not cheap, but she likes them because they are a slipper, but with a sole. So if you need to go to the mailbox on a wet day, I mean, it's not a rain boot, but it, it has a little bit of an elevated sole and it's, I guess, cork or whatever, so that you can do it without getting your whole foot soaking wet. And it's made from, boiled wool of all things like the top oh, wow. of it is boiled wool so it's just funny that we you put shoes on here because i was like oh my god we're gonna start talking about shoes for working from home that's so it's a weird coincidence because i spent a lot of saturday discussing feet and shoes and why this is so anyway if it's my vote i would say yes you should get them they're not expensive they're 45 percent off and what's wrong with having an extra pair of shoes if you don't like it then just Give them to Hunter. Oh, you mean the Halflingers? Is that what you're talking about? No. I'm talking no, the about other the ones? shoe you want. No, oh. the Halflingers I'm still thinking about because I've never tried them, but she says they're amazing. I yeah, also read like that that's, the most I comfortable... See that kind, I see that kind all the time, that type of shoe. I think that it's a nice shoe, but it's not what I wanted. I really wanted to have something that was more like that, like a boot-ish type. But that's... Yeah, it's got... Like, mine are... I'm telling you, it's a really... I'm going to take them off because I'm wearing them right now. See, look. Oh, you already have them. Yeah, I have them. Oh, see? I didn't realize that. And like they're, look, and they're, see, the sole is oh, like yeah, a you sole. you wear those in the rain. It's just yeah, that the other look, ones, see? it's and just it's that like the top is a thickish. sock. Look at that. See, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get so the mail like, on those. I love these things. And they're just be so careful because on and off. Huh? I had mucklucks. I had mucklucks that were similar to those, and I wore them outside just for putzing around, and eventually I wore holes through the bottom because they're not really meant to be outside. This is why I, because I, I fell in love with this style when I did mm. buy the mucklucks. But what I found is I wear them so much that they, br they break in a season. So like in four months, I've ripped holes through every aspect of the sole of Good the mucklucks. Good Lord. So then yeah. like, and all See? the sponge starts to come out and all this crap. And yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm not going to be spending money on these things if it's going to be falling apart it's just trash it's trash and so i i kind of went up a little bit higher end so that these things could actually last and they are fantastic i love them so much so i'm going to see how long they last with my daily wear and tear i hope that all they right sponsor let's us just see what happens <laughs> shoes are great. Anyway. that's fine all right Anyway, I think that's it other than our partners over at Produce Your Podcast, right, Jess? Uh, yes. So if you need a team of peeps to help you with your podcast, this is the team that we use, ProduceYourPodcast.com, owned by Tracy DeForge. It is amazing. We have them do our weekly email. We have them help with our show notes. They were writing blog posts for us for a little while. We have them do some socials, some graphics, some this and some that. All the things that Elsie still needs control over. <laughs> I say that every time, but it's funny every time because it's true every time. So 
Elsie was doing all the things. We wanted to get some of it off her plate against her will. So we hire producer podcast. They're doing an amazing job. I think she's finally starting to release the leash a little bit. Unwind it a little bit. Let them take over. If you're like that, I guarantee you they're very trustworthy. They're very smart. They do an amazing job. So check out ProduceYourPodcast.com. See what kind of stuff they can offer you. Because I know we only use probably one third of the skills that they have. Mm-hmm. So yeah, check them out. ProduceYourPodcast.com. All right. I think we have covered all the things. Yeah. Sorry. On that note, I guess we'll shake it off and go. Skedaddle. So thank you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of She Podcasts. For those of you who tried to watch this video, I'm sorry. We will fix it for next time. I don't know what happened. We're never going to know what happened, but hopefully it won't happen again. If you want to find us on social, please find us Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at She Podcast. Our group is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash She Podcast. You can also join our membership now. ShePodcast.com forward slash Super Squad. And you can also send us feedback, feedback at She Podcasts. And you can also send us at shepodcast.com. You can find all the show notes and also send us some audio feedback if you would like. That's a lot of calls to action. Just pick one and we'll be happy. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for being here today. Love you. Mean it. Bye.